the wedding. And that's what some of us are doing, like Pastor Mike and us. We're preparing the bride for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And how, how are we doing that? The pastors here, the leaders. See, Jesus wants a bride, and we're to prepare you for the coming marriage supper of the Lamb and the wedding feast, the marriage of the Lord, of the Lamb, to you. And then we go into another verse, back to Revelation 19. So you can study this and correlate Revelation 19 and Genesis 24. It makes for a really interesting study. We'll just go back to Revelation 19 at a very in important verse. So she has been, this is verse eight, she has been permitted to dress in fine, dazzling, on white linen, for it signifies the righteousness. Then in the Amplified Bible, it says, the upright, just, godly, living deeds and conduct and right standing with God of the saints. So we're, in order to be part of that bridal company, we have to live according to God's standards of righteousness. We have to order our lives according to his standards of righteousness. So what does that mean? Uh, it also represents deeds and conduct. So what are the, what does it mean to live righteously? And what does it mean to live without besetting sin or habitual sin? What does it mean? It, what it means to me is that if we have to order our lives according to the standards of the Word of God, or we won't be counted among that number of people in the, marriage, in the, in the wedding feast, in the bride. So let's just turn so we're talking about living righteously. So let's take a look at Galatians. Turn to Galatians. And we'll go to Galatians 5, 19. I, this, is, this is a pretty, this is a very important passage in scripture. So Galatians 5. And there's a contrast here between the works of the flesh and the gifts of the Spirit. Now the doings of the flesh are obvious. They are immorality, impurity, and indecency. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, divisions, party spirit, factions, Envy, drunkenness, and carousing are alike, I warn you beforehand, that those who do such things 
shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The people that continue on in these sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if anybody's involved in these sins of strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, and they continue on in it and never repent, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. So you see the contrast. On one hand, you have the works of the flesh. On the other hand, you have the fruits of the Spirit. So if we strive, if we strive to have the gifts of the Spirit, that will prepare us to be part of the bridal company. But if we give our lives over to these other things that are sometimes rampant in the church and churches, things like jealousy and division, in our experience, we've seen a lot of division in churches, church groups. And what does it say that those kind of those people that promote division will not inherit the kingdom of God? Even if you call yourself a Christian and are sitting here today, if we are exhibiting some of those things, then we will not inherit the kingdom of God. But if we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, then that prepares us to be part of the bridal company. So let's just wait a minute. Lord, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And we just ask you to reveal to our hearts, what camp are we in? Are we in the camp of those scriptures in Galatians, the works of the flesh? Or are we in the camp of where the fruit of the Spirit is? Now, if you're in the former camp, then don't be condemned. It's very simple. All you have to do is repent and turn and enter, go away from those uh, works of the flesh. So let's just take a minute. Just pray, Lord, that you would reveal people's hearts to them now. We all want to be part of the bridal company. We all want to be in your presence. We just thank you for your presence. You said, Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. So I just thank you, Lord, there is fullness of joy in your presence. Just welcome, Holy Spirit. You're the one who convicts. You are the spirit of truth. So let's continue on. So in that passage that I read to you, it talked about deeds, righteousness and deeds. So let's just go back there to Revelation. Now I'm, I'm taking this out of the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible brings in the, the meaning from the New Testament Greek. So Revelation 19. So the linen 
white linen represents the righteousness and he included that as deeds. So what are deeds? Can somebody tell me what the deeds are? What are deeds? Somebody? What? Okay. There's works. In some scriptures it tells, it says that our works, the things that we do, that God has us do in terms of helping people, teaching people, praying for people, deeds of goodness, like giving food to the poor, hospitality. So it represents the deeds, which includes kindness, generosity, and hospitality. What it means is you're laying, you're laying your life down for other people. You're, you're sacrificing your life you're putting other people ahead of yourself. What is it? Oh. Oh. I'm going to talk about my class for a minute. So how long were you a pastor there? 20 years? So Mike, Mike Platt was a pastor of a, a church in Istanbul for 22 years. And I remember he would sit in his office and he'd have a whole stream of young Turks coming to visit him. And so he gave up his time to minister to these young Turkish men uh, for years, for, de for decades. And one of those young men now is a pastor there. What? Seven of them, seven of the young men that he counseled and ministered to are pastors in Turkey now. So you can, so you can see the fruit of a life of sacrifice. Let me say that again. You can see the fruit or you, you can experience the fruit of a life of sacrifice. So when Cindy and I were the Lord was talking to us about coming to Turkey. We had a, a young granddaughter who is this what, a year old or something? And, and who's now 19. And I didn't want to give her up. I didn't want to give her up because I'd never be at her, her birthdays or graduation, either one of us would be. So I, I argued with the Lord for about three months. And finally, he gave me a scripture that said, if you give up fathers and mothers and children and houses and lands for my sake and the gospel, you'll receive a hundredfold. And that's what the Platts have done, the Wickwires have done, and we have done. We gave them up. We gave up being with them. And now we have sons and daughters. See, we gave up them. Not that we gave them up totally, but we couldn't be there in their important days. And we now have a hundredfold, just like past mine. Hundredfold increase. So if you sacrifice your life, if you put, if you die to self and lay aside what you want to do and take up the call of God, then there he will provide for you 
and he will give you a hundredfold sons and daughters. And so we consider some of the pastors here to be our sons. In the natural, that doesn't make sense because you're racially different, you're nationally different, you're culturally different. But in the kingdom of God, that doesn't matter because we're of the culture of the kingdom. And the culture of the kingdom says, you lay down your life, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and died, abides alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. So we die to ourselves and our plans and our purposes, and we reap a hundredfold. That is our testimony of 20 years in the nation. We've done that. And I believe that God is calling you to lay down your lives for the sake of the kingdom because the righteousness, the white linen that the bride is dressed in represents righteous deeds and acts. There's this interesting scripture also in Revelation. I don't remember where it was, but it says that it says that our works follow us. When we, after we die, our works, the work what we do, follow us into eternity. So I would like, I'm filling, we're filling up our lives, Cindy and I are, and the Platts and other people we know are filling up their lives with what? With righteous works and deeds that will accompany us when we go to glory. I would rather have that than nothing. I want, I want to be full. And we're not quitting. We're not giving up. We never give up. Then, let me just I'll go to First John. So this goes along with laying your life down. By this we, verses 16 and 17. But this we come to know, the essential love that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for those who are brothers in him. So we're being called to lay our lives down. Now these, this passage of scripture it's just not for missionaries and pastors, it's for everyone. Let me just read it again. We ought to understand that he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay our lives down for those who are our brothers. But if anyone has this world's resources, goods, sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart of compassion against them, how can the love of God live in them? So we're not, there's always somebody that has less money than we do. There's always somebody. There's also always somebody, a Christian, who has less resources than we do. So we ought to be of a generous heart and spirit and be able to help those people that have less than we do. And, uh, 
So he calls us to lay our lives down in sacrifice for one another. And this goes back to those scriptures about the bride. That's a description, partial description of the bride that she is laying her lives down for the brethren. Then we go to conduct, righteous conduct. And let's go to uh, Philippians 1.27. Somebody want to read that for me? Philippians 1.27. Just read it out loud. Somebody, if nobody volunteers, I'll pick someone. That scripture is about conduct. Lead your, just leave it up there for a minute. I'll read it out of your version. Lead your lives in a manner that will be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Lead. Lead your lives in a manner be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that you are standing firm in one spirit and one purpose with one mind, driving side by side. Driving. This is about conduct. So in our lives, there should be no dishonesty whatsoever. No lying, no deception. We have to get rid of all of that. We have to get rid of all of that. We have to toss it aside. We have to ask the Lord to help us not to do those things anymore. Because that's not worthy of Jesus, is it? I don't see many heads shaking. Everybody's, I don't know what's going on. So... Now we'll turn to Ephesians 4.1. So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. So you could do a study on each one of those. I need to yeah, move it up. Live a life that expo exhibits godly character, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. This is also about godly conduct, personal integrity, godly character, moral courage. So these, this is righteous living. Go back to Revelation 
After this, I heard what sounded like the shout of a vast song, like the boom of many pounding waves, and like the roar of terrific and mighty peals of thunder, exclaiming hallelujah for the Lord our God reigns. Let us rejoice and shout for joy. Let us celebrate and ascribe to him glory and honor. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has prepared herself. So I leave this with you as an encouragement that you're all called. You're all called to be part of the bride, but the question, the big question mark is, will the Lord choose you? Are you chosen? Yes, you are. You are chosen. But do you have a life? Are, you, are we all leading a life of righteousness? Because narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there are that find it. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many find that way. So we can be sitting in a church pew for the next 20 years and being faithful, but inside of us is sin, secret sin. In my early Christian life, In my early Christian life, I was addicted to pornography. And I didn't know how to get rid of it. Because I knew, I knew that it wasn't pleasing the Lord. So I'll tell you what happened to me. I came across the scriptures in Romans chapter 6. that says, your habitual sin was nailed to the cross when Jesus died there. So don't sin anymore. See, so I, the Lord got, I, I was free. He, he delivered me. Because I stood on that promise and I said to him, I know that that habitual sin of pornography was nailed to the cross with you and I don't have to sin anymore. Let's go there. I'll just, I have to read those scriptures. Romans chapter 6. I had a revelation. We need a revelation of, uh, of of Jesus and his delivering power. So Romans 6, this is my secret, the secret that I learned that he gave me to set me free. Uh, so this is Romans 6, verse 6. Let's start with verse 6. For we know that our old self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body which is the instrument of sin might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we may no longer be the slaves of sin. So when I was a slave of sin, but I knew, I learned that my addiction was nailed to the cross with Jesus. And I accepted that transaction, that we may no longer be the slaves of sin, And then down to verse 11, or verse 7. When a man dies, he's freed from the power of sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, which we did, we believe we shall also live with him. And then verse 11 says, because, because that happened, because our habitual sin is nailed to the cross, then verse 11 says, so therefore, 
Because if that happened, consider yourselves also dead to sin and your relationship to it, relation to it broken, but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with Him. See, I would rather give up my sin and be in unbroken fellowship with Jesus. Fellowship comes from a Greek word means koinonia, which, which means sharing your life with someone. I'm sharing my life. I'm sharing my life with Cindy. She's sharing his life with me. Same with Frederick, same with Mike. So I would rather be in fellowship with God than to hang on to my sin. Because we can't be living in sin and have fellowship with Jesus. Can somebody tell me why? He's holy. That's why. Because he's a holy God and he expects us to live in holiness and repentance. He expects us to live a holy and repentant lifestyle. So my prayer for you is if you are, if someone here is, is habitual sin, and go to Romans chapter 6 and see your sin nailed to the cross. Just like I saw my pornography addiction was nailed to the cross and I didn't need to sin anymore. Same for anyone here. Just take this to heart. Take a minute. I want you to take a minute and contemplate this. Would we rather live in habitual sin? I'll tell you, the enemy, you know, the enemy told me something. He said, you might as well give up. You'll never be free from this. You might as well just give up. You'll never be free. That's what, that's what the enemy says to people. If you start pursuing him and having seeing your sin nailed to the cross, you will get attacked by the devil. He doesn't. The devil does not want you to be free. He wants you to be a slave to sin. He wants you. He he just wants us to be lukewarm and compromising. And we can fill a, a seat in an auditorium, but it doesn't mean that we're free. Our hearts need to be free. Our souls need to be free. So let's just take a minute of contemplation. So why don't you close your eyes, don't look at me, and just consider what I've said about your sin, your habitual sin, nailed to the cross, which gives us unbroken fellowship with Jesus. I know, Lord, that we would all like to be in koinonia with you and live in your presence, live life out in the presence of Jesus. I know that. So I pray that you'd show, show us that. I pray, just like I had a revelation of my sin nailed to the cross, I pray you give everyone here who needs it a revelation of the cross and our sin nailed to it. We want to be part of that bridal company. We want to follow you. So I pray that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, 
My recommendation is that you take the scripture, if you're in that category, you take that scripture and you meditate on it. What do I mean by meditate? You have to chew on it. You have to memorize it, meditate on it, speak it, pray it, study it. Then that word will get inside of you. Because remember, uh, the word of God is living and active, living and active. The Word of God will live inside of you and change you. So let's pray. I'll pray. And then uh, later, at the end of the meeting, we'll pray for people. I think we can ask Pastor Mike to pray for people, too. So, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you're calling us to be part of the bridal company. But I pray that you would help us lead lives that are worthy of you and the gospel message. And that you would take us into the place where we are free from habitual sin. And then we can have fellowship and coin and deal with you. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.